Well, welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the My Love of Golf podcast. Thank you, as always, for joining us. Your listenership really uh, is appreciated. And uh, joined ably tonight for another episode of the Roscoe and Rocket. Well, I don't even know what we call them now. It's, you know, season one, two, three, or four. We, we've done more of these Rocket than probably... Episode 47. 47. Uh, yeah, that's right. That's why I said that, because you've been counting, haven't you? Mm-hmm. Well, I thank the listeners for their listenership. I thank you for your stewardship on the uh, Roscoe and Rocket podcast and your stewardship this year. As you know, we've jokingly, I referred to, uh, well, I didn't refer, I'm, I'm got the segments of the Roscoe and Rocket series for this year sort of messed around. It's taken me a while to get my head around it, but I'm, but I'm there now. So the segments tonight that we've got to cover Rocket is Rocket's Radar. We've got uh, then followed by Rocket's Review. Uh, we have a little bit of roll on. That's just where we jibber-jabber on for a little bit longer, and sometimes that goes between 30 to 50 minutes, and if we go past the hour mark, thanks for sticking with us. And uh, and then we've got Rocket's Rabbit Hole, which is just a you, it's like a mystery dip, a lucky dip, uh, back in the days of the fate. You know when you used to go to a fate at the school uh, back when they had those sorts of public gatherings and that was all cool? Uh, you'd, you'd pay your 20 cents and you'd have a lucky dip and you, know, you get something out. Rocket's Rabbit Hole is a little bit like a lucky dip. You never know what you're going to get. And um, I think some people are enjoying it, Rocket. So we'll just keep doing it. What do you reckon? Yep. Now, pretty big week in the podcast, pretty big week in golf. Uh, let me just briefly do a bit of housekeeping on the podcast before I hand over to you uh, to start talking about what's on the radar. Uh, this will be the second episode of the My Love of Golf podcast for this week. Uh, one of the rare weeks where we get the opportunity to do two. And uh, the first one this week, which is been very well uh, subscribed to and, and downloaded. And thank you to anyone who has taken the hour and 20 to listen to Chandler Carr, Senior Product Manager of Product Creation over at TaylorMade HQ in Carlsbad, uh, Southern California, down in San Diego, where Chandler just drops everything on the new Sim 2 family, tells us as much as he could, uh, as much as he um could in an hour and 20, but a little bit about the behind the scenes of the Sim 2 family, a little bit about the tour experience, a little bit about everything that goes into making these wonderful new products. And TaylorMade have been very good with their time and very good with offering people, so I appreciate those. And uh, Rocket, you know, you've been very, very open about your TaylorMade love and, you know, there's probably a little part of uh, the the segments will be dedicated to towards that this, um, this podcast, but... One thing that uh, Chandler did touch on was the work and some of the input uh, in regards to Tiger Woods and his um, role within the TaylorMade family and, and you know, being you know, inspirational and instrumental in, in helping uh, develop some of this new product. So we all know, you know, what's happened with Tiger and we, on behalf of the podcast, wish him the speediest of recoveries. It was terrible scenes um, seeing that car down the gorge or wherever it was in uh, Rancho Palos Verdes in the United States crashed and you know you, you just don't know how to react but the reaction has been huge with people being outpouring of their support towards Tiger and, and will wishing him well and getting better as the news goes on you know it appears that the damage to his right leg is fairly substantial and it leads to the question of you know where will we where do we see Tiger you know when do we see Tiger appear from this and how how does he reappear from this in a golfing sense you know as as a is alive, which is the best best outcome that you could hear think of when you see an accident of that stat, uh, nature. Um, it's a pretty big bender. So, um, but you know, everyone wants to know what's the extent. And yeah, you know, Rocket, I'll hand over to you for for the radar because I know it was on the tip of your tongue. What what did you think when you you know turned up on uh, Wednesday morning or Tuesday morning, and you saw that? Yeah, well, glad he's alive. Mm. Glad he's alive. Um, you know, it's almost like you get a little bit of a flashback to. Bobby of last year, mm. um, and, and, 
you know, there's a lot of people talking about, you know, Jim Nance talked talked to Tiger on the on during the Genesis and asked him when he was going to come back, and Tiger was not un- not sure about it. But, and you know, the when you find out all the, you know, he's already had back fifth back surgery and reports he's in quite a lot of pain. So I was still surprised that he was even out there for that tournament. It shows that he puts himself through a lot of pain to be front and centre and a face for his sponsors and being an ambassador for the game because he was also filming some other stuff with um, Wayne Wade and a few other celebrities for Golf TV. So I effectively put it down to, you know, I think he's just pushed himself too far when he should actually be home resting. Yeah, a lot of people talk about, you know, will he be able to make it back? Um, You know, I think think we as a golf community need to – need to finally maybe stop reaching and demanding and clawing for Tiger to make these monumental comebacks and stuff like that. I think we need to, you know, maybe almost say to him, dude, you've done you've done more than enough for this game. You've inspired so many people. You've changed the game forever. You are legit icon. You know, if you take it pure statistics for, you know, people could argue about Jack Nicholas being greatest of all time. You know, I used to be in a bit of the the Jack camp because of you know his longevity and consistency in majors. Because if you start to add the seconds and the thirds and the top fives and all that sort of stuff, it, it, that weighs up completely against Tiger. But what Tiger did to the game beyond the majors, and even how he dominated the you know, you think about, I think of 99 through to 2009, no one's, no one's dominated like that. Actually, if you go 96 to 2006, even, like, you just take the statistics from there. It was just, there's nothing like it, absolutely nothing like it. So in terms of the greatest 10-year stretch of golf you'll ever see, it's nothing, it's, you know, that's the greatest of all time. Um, and I think we as a golf community need to, kind of rally around and just say thanks and kind of say it's okay if you don't come back. You know, your health is more important to spend time with your family and kids. You've sacrificed more than enough. And the only golf I actually hope that he's ever able to play again is playing golf with his son. That's all. Mm. If I had one wish, that would be the only wish. I don't care about anything else because because what he gave us – in 2019 at the Masters, um, that's a gift, parting gift, absolute parting gift. Because what I think people don't really take stock and realise that who's got a fused back. He's, you know, he had this 12, 18 month stretch where he was just building up to something, and it's just a, it was like that last spark of the of that really bright shining star. And it was on the greatest stage. It was like a bookend, right? Perfect bookend. Close the door. That's it. I, I don't want anything else. He's done more than enough. And that was that was just if, if that's his last, you know, bright memory. Perfect. And let's leave it at that. And then we just celebrate the man for the next forty years, fifty years, hundred years because of what he's done. Do Do you think that? If he can't play competitively, or cho- or chooses not to play competitively again, it, do you think that he would maintain an involvement in the industry as a, as a 
you know, a figurehead, you know, like doing what he was doing at the Genesis and commentating and offering his time. Do you think that he would still want to do that? If he was, if he was able to, he probably would. And he probably would because, because he, he, I think in his, him being out on tour for the last couple of years, I think he's starting to realize the impact that he's had yeah. in the last 20 years, right? There's no, you know, we'll talk about him soon. There's no greater example than that than, you know, Max Homer. He talks about Tiger, Justin Thomas. And so there's, there's so many players that are, that are inspired to play golf because of this man. And they look up to him. He's left an indelible mark. Mm. And, you know, he is, you know, there's a reason there's this, resurgence in dominant players in the US tour in the last 10 years is because they're the ones that saw him when he was coming through and dominating. Everyone wanted to be Tiger. I certainly hope first and foremost that, you know, his health is, is a priority and getting better and recovering from, you know, these injuries sustained in this car accident, an absolute priority. Of course, if the golf gods were kind enough that, you know, he recovered in a way where he was able to play golf in some level again, that'd be great. And he chose to, that'd be great. If he chooses not to play, if for whatever, you know, for the obvious reasons, my wish would be that he was able to, you know, maintain some level of influence over, you know, the golfing landscape because yeah. And you're right. We, we have lent on Tiger as an industry, uh, as a little bit of a crutch and, you know, he's, he's, draw card to the game has given us um, that do make a living in the industry, whether you're a professional, whether you're, you know, whatever level of, uh, you know, in the industry you are, you know, we've, we've lent on him a little bit to, to get those results and to get that time on the airtime. And, you know, we, we all don't need to go back over the history of you know, his highs and lows. Um, you know, that's been well documented and that's not for now, but you know, not to say that that would go away, but he's just, you know, you've seen a different side of him in the last few years, as you said, and, there's more to give and I think he wants to you know he had shown that he wanted to you know like getting out there with his son and doing that sort of thing that brought another level of exposure to you know the Tiger Woods brand but you know what Tiger's all about and and what Tiger can potentially you know offer in terms of showing the next generation even if it's just mentorship yeah which is doing a lot now right whatever way shape it looks like you know first and foremost we just wish that uh the man can recover as well as he possibly can and hopefully that's Mm -hmm. that's very well you know that we we see him and, and we get to see him very soon up and about. So that's, I think that's as golfers in the golfing world, that's all, all, all that we want and would be focused on for Tiger and his family. Now, continuing on in the radar, you know, one of your favourite tournaments of the year, Riviera, one of your favourite players in the modern time. Wow, the Homer. You tipped it, you saw Again, it, you crystal balled it. call me the Oracle. You are the, you are the Oracle. Your strike rate this year has been pretty good. It's not too bad. Mm. It's not too bad. I've had a couple of, you know, I've had a couple of stinkers, but you know, I, I, I felt, I tell you what, I tell you what, this is this is one of those ones where, you know, even you think about the, the events of Tiger Woods, and oh, I think about this event and the winner, and you know, my love for Max Homer can only be, you know, it's only second to Brooks, but you know, I've been a massive fan of his, and I listen to, I've probably listened to every podcast that he'd been on before he even started his own with um, Shane Bacon. And, you know, he talks so honestly and openly about what he does in tournaments, you know, his thinking, his feelings, everything. And so I feel like I've been on the journey. I feel like I've been on the ride with him. So, you know, Monday morning watching it, I've – that last six holes, I don't think I've – I haven't been that nervous watching someone play except 
Tiger, Wood, Tiger Woods maybe at, at 2019. Um, and then maybe a bit of like Adam Scott 2013 in terms of just pure butterflies and just nervous energy and twitchy and just just trying to will your man over the line, regardless of the fact I put money on him, just um, he's him winning is again, it's just great for golf because of the story. And then as I said, I feel like I've been on the journey. So because he, he brings people in, lets them in, 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 he lets people in, into, you know, his world. He's quite transparent compared to a lot of the, the wee robots that we have out there on tour and it's refreshing and you only have to see, you know, what it meant to him when he was being interviewed by Amanda Balionis. And um, even I got a little bit sort of choked up because you, you feel like you're invested and you're connected with someone that you're a fan of, you know, you, and you've been on that journey and you can, you know what they've gone through to get there. And so you, you're feeling it with them. So for me, it was awesome. It was awesome. When did Max Homer first pop up on your radar? Because we talked about it, you know, on the podcast and, you know, a name that I wasn't so familiar with. But when when was it that he first popped up uh, on your rocket sphere? Uh, Twitter in about 2017. No. And and what, what science was he showing that he could uh, join the rocketdom? It's just funny. <laughs> It's funny, and and um and and the thing is that he was just another one of those guys that was funny. He had a really good amateur career, college career, won NCAA NCAA champion. Um, I'd seen some interviews with him, and you just kind of go, I really like this guy. Like he's no nonsense. There's no bravado. There's no there's no facade. What you see is what you get, and you can see he's just trying really hard to be the best he can be. He's literally just trying to be the best in the world and he's working through that. And it's like, and then, you know, I've seen him in different, I think the first time I experienced him in a podcast was like 20, I think it was like 2018. I think it was one of the early no laying up ones. And then he's, he's made his, he's, and then I think when he won for the first time in 2019, yeah, he did another one with the no laying up guys and he's been on other ones since then. And yeah, and then he ended up doing – he's got his own with um, Shane Bacon. Shane Bacon's probably one of the best golf commentators on the planet, very underrated. Um, and I just listened to it flat out because, one, he's funny, but he takes you on the journey of what he's doing. And so for me, you know, the reason I put money on it because oh, he talked about what he needed to work on at the end of last year and he started talking about the things that he was working on and where, where he felt his progress was – and then for me, looking at results last year, it's like tied for fifth and he was not playing as well as what he was this year. I thought, no, nah, he's he's ready. Like it's all going to fall. It's, all the pieces are going to fall together. That's what I felt. I was right. Now, take us through the playoff. You know, the only reason I ask that is because the person who was in the playoff hole was, you know, someone struck by, as you refer to it, as the, the, curse. Or, the curse, and we'll get to the Puerto Rico Open in a bit. The perpetual runner-up, Tony Fina. Talk to me, you know, your thoughts on Tony. Where's he at right now? One, he played an amazing final round. Like, he yeah. shot 64. He was golfing his ball, and <laughs> I thought he was just going to run away with it. Because that's di- um, that's that's different to Tony's usual form. You know, he's usually yeah, up there. Yeah, the usually lead, he's right, he's right near the top. Peed, and he, he, off a bit. Yeah, he, um, he gets the uh, gets the wobbles. 
Uh, but he played a blistering round and, you know, it was essentially him and Max that were the ones that were tearing it up on the course and everyone else was, you know, tripping over their shoelaces and throwing up on themselves and stuff like that. Um, but, you know, we'll call it the final six holes. Tony was clutch all the way through. Clutch. Max was clutch. Some of the shots they both hit down, down the stretch were just crazy. They were just so good. So good to watch. It was just amazing. And then obviously we get to the playoff and, you know, the 10 off the 10th, Tony's just smoked one up there just short. Then Max is in this three wood and it's just pounded left and going up against that tree. Um, I have all these friends of mine and they're texting me going, oh, no. I always thought it was just – but you watch him when he walks up there and he just – he didn't look phased or anything like that. And, um, you know, you've got to – Got to credit him. Just the creativity. Like, I, I don't actually. Here's the thing. I actually don't think people really quite understand how hard it is to hood hood a lob wedge and then strike it in the right position so you actually get good contact. Like that's really really hard. And the the shot that he hit, one under that pressure, is crazy. So so just just that shot alone, I thought was. You know, even his bunker shot that he hit on on ten in regulation was ridiculous, but that one just in that moment is just unbelievable. And then obviously they both miss putts on that one, and then they get up to fourteen, and Tony's tugged it left into the bunker, and Max is he's got one less club than he did um, earlier on because he hit it over the green in regulation. I think he pulled a little bit. He's, he's trying to hit a uh, sort of like a three yard draw and. Started a little bit lefter than what he wanted by hitting the perfect spot. And it's a shame that, you know, it was he didn't hold the putt, which meant Tony missing was the reason it lost. But Tony didn't. A lot of people talk about Tony. I, I know I've – he's been the butt of many of my jokes, but – He has. He played some really good golf. And, look, he deserved to win, but, you know, I'm, I'm – I'm, a lot of people talk about, you know, if we, they wish that Max had hold the one on 18, so then the story is not about Tony. Yeah. But I don't think they really understand this, you know, the, 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 the not having the playoff means we don't get to see that shot on 10. Not having the playoff means that we don't get to see Max's maturity as a golfer dealing with adverse, adversity. And he dealt with a lot and he came through on top. Do you think that Tony will be – you know, he's been there or thereabouts for a while now, right? Um, but based on that performance, do you have any more confidence in Tony that he can convert from you know, that final good, strong finish? Okay, he missed that in the ultimate chocolates, but do you think that he can convert that in, in, into a win at some stage this year? Because yeah. I don't think we would have. you would have thought maybe he could a couple of weeks ago. Do you think now he can? Oh, you'd hope so. I don't know. I literally don't know because he's been, been so close so often and in all different circumstances, there's no real one theme. This one's a little bit different. But, oh, look, it'd be just good. It'd be good for him to get a win um, just to get the monkey off the back. Mm. Yeah, one thing that st- stood out from what I saw of the tournament, there's still a place in professional golf for a course like Riviera, you know, with some short fours and shorter holes and you know, a bit more strategy and that sort of thing. There's a, there's a good place for that, you know, like I saw plenty. I can't remember what Firm hole. and fast. Yeah. It played firm and fast. So if there's one thing I need to start to pay a bit more attention to when I don't know I did it again 
you kind of mentioned it last week and I dismissed it. I went with the wrong can as the top Aussie, but if it's firm and fast, it's a Cam Smith zone. Look at him. He's tied. For, he's fourth. The course is firm and fast. Cam's, it's, it's, it's perfect for him because length becomes irrelevant. It's about just getting your ball around. Yeah, well, Cam Smith finished uh, fourth. Um, who else? Uh, Matty Jones. There you go. Another player that can just get their get their ball around. Probably not the longest in in the game, but gets his ball around. Uh, who else was there any other sort of note? Matt Fitzpatrick, uh, not the longest player on tour. A bit more sort of find yeah, the fair. He had, a, he had a he had a bad. He was in the final group. He had a bad final day. Bad final him and, day. Well, him DJ um, Sam Burns, who was the leader. It's a shame he's been playing. Well, the young man, um, he'll break through at some point. He'll learn from this. He can play that kid. Uh, DJ, yeah. D- DJ, you know, must be just tired of just counting all that blood money. <laughs> yeah, don't go back to that. Uh, the only tip, <laughs> the only tip that you left me with uh, in charge of, both failed to make the cup. But I'm going to assume that because Martin Laird appears higher on the order of uh, standings than Rusty Knox, that. Uh, Martin Laird was the highest finishing. Um, yeah, I was pretty disappointed. I was pretty disappointed with Mr. Laird. Actually, he hasn't been hasn't been too flush the last few weeks. Well, there was many that did miss the cut that uh, you would have thought otherwise. You know, Rory, your boy Rory, um, my boy Porig, JT, my boy Porig, uh, JT. But the big notable out, and it didn't surprise you, I don't think, was uh, your boy Bryson. No, of course not. <laughs> yes, the course needs strategy. Now, um, and I'm and you know what? I'm absolutely kicking myself because he was six bucks to miss the cut, and I thought to myself, this is just a perfect opportunity, and I, I didn't have the stones to go and lay some lay some green on it. So you didn't have that crystal ball working that I joked no, about. No, no, well, I think the crystal ball was there, but I just I was you looking into it just, and going, oh, exactly. You got to get the vibes took going it a back. A few times, I'm like, oh, I don't well, know. I take, don't know. You know, let's get more serious about this, and you know, like get it out there and get it on paper and get it done. <laughs> now, well, I did put it out there and say that you know I'm kicking myself. Yes, I'm, right. I'm quite well. I'm quite willing to say where I absolutely screw it up. Uh, now, Rodney. You know, I profess that I had this uh, format nailed, but I think that what I have already done was gone from the radar, which is what's on your radar. Yeah, to review. You just did, we just did that. Yeah. Yeah, I know. But you rolled prob- into it. Beautiful. Yeah, but but there's, there's probably a couple other things on the radar. Now, one of the things on my radar is that the RNA of and USGA have come out with a with another report. Um, they've left the, the distance report behind. Now they're looking after uh, amateur golfers and elite amateur golfers from around the world, and suggesting that uh, it's okay to take sponsorships and endorsements. So, uh, Rocket, are you open for business? Is that an, an, an entry for you to you know start you know with a checkbook uh, checkbook podcastery? I think the listeners are more than more than aware that I've been open for business for probably two years. Oh, I'm laughing. Sorry. I'm laughing at two things because uh, it is just an ongoing uh, little running joke. And if you are listening to this for the first time, welcome. Uh, thank you. If you've made it this far into 28 minutes and going, what are these guys on about? Well, but we joke and about your uh, love of the TaylorMade product and, you know, you've, you've put yourself out there and there's been no one, no one sort of really from the TaylorMade um, HQ knocking. Well, well. Not completely true because okay, but a, a very nice man did send me a few sleeves of the new Pixes, yeah, okay. which I do use, and I did advertise. The, and they, and fair, in fairness to to your people at TaylorMade, they did like a couple of your posts occasionally. Yes, yeah, yeah well, that's that's vindication. Just keep it coming. <laughs> that's recogn- Just keep it coming. That's recognition enough for a couple of amateur podcasters that uh, the big brand liked your post. Yeah. Uh, how were the how were the pics, by the way? 
Yeah, they're really nice, actually. Yeah. They're um, good on the perfect putting mat, too. A million dollar, it's like over a million dollar printing machine that prints those picks, and they have to be all printed at the same time to get the symmetry right for the alignment of the, uh, those little um, tetrahedrons or whatever they are. Uh, it's printed all at once, all colors all at once. It's quite a comp, it's quite a complex thing. It's not just like stamp it on and then move the ball, it's all, all at once. Um, but what is exciting from uh, we're talking about Talamo because we've had the Chandler Car episode, so we're just following on from that. And we're joking around about you know Rocket being open for business because now the amateurs are allowed to take uh, sponsorships for their golf because it's been recognized that there is a substantial cost of being an elite amateur golfer. Uh, if you know some am- elite amateur golfers, you know, like I, I do, uh, even on the Australian sense, I know the level of expense that they have to go to, which is absolutely unremunerated um, to go to interstate series, to go to whatever level of events that they go to. And they all want to go and play the big ranking events because they all want that status um, and they want that win more like it. Um, there's no money. There's, they don't, they don't, get paid you know maybe they've got some parents for the younger ones you know like i bumped into louis double the other week and uh, the week before he won the australian amateur and you know the the they they just travel around and there's a lot of expense that go with that so they can get some endorsement from uh, brands uh, rocket your amateur elite am- amateur days are way 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 behind you but anyway we digress so that was back on radar we've done review review anything else on the radar that we missed no okay so the roll-on part is now – Is that that's where we start to talk about the events Next that are com- n- coming up this week. Right, I've got it. I'm back on track. Thank you. So there's a couple of events, a couple of big events. I think every – The women are back. The women Actually, are back. they played last week. They did. Um, they're back. I think Corn Ferry was back last week as well. Yep. Didn't follow much of those tournaments. I was I was, I was homing in. <laughs> but then this week we've got – because obviously all the travel restriction stuff <laughs> – Normally the WGC would be down in Mexico and they've still called it the WGC Mexico on, on the PGA Tour site, even though now it's W the World Golf Championship presented by Workday Championship at Concession. They've got championship in there twice. I don't know how they do that. Uh, do you know so, why it's called Concession Club? What's that? Do you know why the, the course, which is the home of the WGC Mexico Championship in uh, Florida, do you know why it's called Concession? Uh, based on what I know, I don't know the name, but... The only thing I know from some of the videos and reports and things that I've seen about the course in terms of how difficult it can be, concession would be, I'm giving up because this course is beating me up. I'm going to concede. I believe it was co-designed by uh, Jack Nicholas and Tony Jacklin, uh, and it's uh, representative of the great uh, concession oh, part. Oh, the 1970... 60, 67 or something like that. 71 Ryder Cup. Yep, yep that's it. Great concession. So, yeah, those guys. Oh, are, did you see? Oh, actually, talking about that, did you see Rory was asked about who on the tour would actually, con- who he thinks would concede and who wouldn't? Uh, no, I didn't say that. They said, oh, out of the people that would probably most likely play in the Ryder Cup, who is the most likely US person who would concede? And he said, uh, Webb Simpson. And then they said, who would be the least likely? And he said, probably Patrick Reed. <laughs> Probably spot on. Spot on. He's absolutely spot on. Probably spot on. Uh, anyway, back to the WGC. So top 50 automatically qualify, and there's some other qualification criteria, which sees a whole host of um, great people get into this event. So, for example, Minwoo Lee qualifies for his uh, win at the Vic Open last year, this time last year, uh, when Minwoo Lee had his first win on the European Tour, which was part of the Vic Open. So he qualifies from that, as does Herbie. Uh, Jason Wade Scri- Ormsby. Uh, Wade Ormsby with the um, 
his win in the Hong Kong Open last year. Uh, Scrivo, Jason Scrivener, he, he yeah, won. the Pirate. Yep, he won last year. Uh, Jason Day, obviously, in his world rankings. Uh, Leash, the same. Uh, Scotty, the same. Uh, the Bendigo Baguette, yep. Cam Smith's up there. So... It's Brad Kennedy, so it's very well represented. You know, got a great field for the Aussies over there, and they've been over there for a couple of weeks. They've had to do their, you know, isolation. Av- yeah, well, avoiding more, more so avoiding isolation. Um, you know, not coming back from the Middle East. I think Wade, yeah. Wade went straight from the Middle East across to the US, and uh, he and uh, Hendy and so on and so forth have been playing at uh, places like Sawgrass. I've seen. And now they're all all down there. You know, Herbie's been there for a couple of weeks in in camp with yep. uh, Jamie and Dom across is across there, and they've been doing some work with uh, Ruff and and I think Gabby Ruffles was across for a while, and so they've been having you know a good time of it in a you know golf development sense across there. But it, yeah, outside of the Aussies, um, it's a great field. It's a great great weekend for the men's golf because you've got WGC, but then you've got the alternate event, the away event, or what? Are you, what's it referred to as the opposite event? Yeah, opposite field event. Opposite field at the Puerto Rico Open, which yeah. um, you don't want to win that one. Just saying uh, anyone that is in that field, which includes uh, Smiley Kaufman, Sung Moon Bay, Nick Watney, Brendan DeYoung, heaps and heaps, you can see that. Um, Bobby Allenby. Bobby Allenby's back. He's, he's, he's following He's following, He's following. following the uh, the leads that he's getting on the people that might have kidnapped him. Yeah. Likes a bit of island hopping. Oh, dear, he's finally tracked them down. Uh, Bad, Sendo, they're all down there. Um, but you don't want to win that one, boys, because why don't you want to win the Puerto Rico Open? Because if you win that event, you'll never win another tournament unless you're able to break the curse like Victor Hovland. So Rocket's theory is there's only one person that's broken Oh, the... it's not my theory. This is a uh, Andy Johnson special. Andy Andy Johnson. <laughs> oh, sorry, Andy. If you if someone reports me for, for mimicking you, that, that comes with the high, highest degree highest degree of um, respect. Uh, my... Yeah, the curse, the Puerto Rico Open curse. Andy Johnson's great, uh, great podcast, uh, Fried Egg. Um, Wonderful, wonderful, knowledgeable man. But uh, he's a funny guy to listen to. Uh, yeah. So Victor Hovland, he's the only one that's broken the curse. Um, Tony Fino, and that's that's yeah. that's why you probably say that he would never win again because he's he's cursed by the Puerto Rico Open win. That's it. John Sendon's playing again. Greg Chalmers is playing. Snake Chalmers, yeah, good field. So the, between those two events, there is a star-studded uh, field. Um, now let's go back to the WGC. Thoughts on that? Yeah. Thoughts on that, Rocket Man? Uh, Who's winning? Depending on how they set it up. Uh, the course is meant to be really tough. So it's a no-cut event. So you've got a field of, what, 70? I think it's 70. Mm-hmm. Tough. I was looking over a lot of the WGCs, and it's another one of those ones, if you're not inside the top 15 in the world, you're probably not going to win. So I've narrowed my focus inside the top 15. I'm going right against the grain if you want me to go for tips. Well, that's why we're here. That's why we're doing two podcasts this week, so people can get um, because because just before uh, I do want to have a quick shout out to a couple of people um, that do follow your tips. Joshua over there in uh, in Edinburgh, Josh Rawson, uh, he knows who he is the golf in Scotland. Um, came oh, I out, talk to him all the time. Came out very very open in his appreciation of uh, you know you heard it, you heard it here first uh, from the Rocket Man Dion. I just want to say good day to Dion. Dion was reciting uh, things to me today when I was speaking to him on the phone about some uh, podcast related things. Um, Dion was reciting you know verbatim chapters from uh, the Roscoe and Rocket episode, proving <laughs> proving that we have at least two listeners uh, Rocket. So that makes it probably eight people now that listen. 
I uh, just wanted to so just good day to Dion and good day to Josh. How are you, mate? I'm missing uh, not being able to come across there and play golf with you at your wonderful golf course, uh, but we will be back. Don't worry. Um, but anyway, sorry. I, once again, I digress. Back to your tips. I'm I'm going against the grain. I can't believe I'm going to do this, but again, I feel like this man is just finding something this year, and it's almost like he just feels like he has something to prove. Oops. Oh right. I thought, I thought it was going to be a bit more against the grain than Brooks, but you know, some people would argue for you that's not against the grain. But I, I, why do you oh, think it's? Oh, against- it is because it's a it's a normal tour event, right? You know, the, mm-hmm. I, I just think I, I just think I, I spoke a little bit bush then. I think um, I just think it's kind of almost in the backyard. Got a couple of weeks off. Feel like he's got. I don't know. I still feel like there's a little bit of he's looking at DJ, and it's like, um, you know, there's there's a little simmering grudge under there, and I think he's got a point to prove. And I think him starting to win more tournaments is is the way he has to start to flex. So horse is tough. I think he's ready. He's ready. Okay, Brooks uh, top, uh, not including the Australians, top international. I'm going to throw that curveball to you. Who's who's top international? Top international, Sanjay. Okay, good tip. Max Homer doesn't bounce back. He doesn't. He he he'll just. Oh, look! I think he's, I think you know it's always going to be hard when you've got a big emotional win like that to back it up. Yep. So I think he's going to play. Look, he's probably going to play well, but I'm not expecting a lot from from the man. Although the one, well, I, there's a, there's a smoky in there. I don't know tough courses, and he's streaky. The wolf. That wolf. The wolf. Okay. What about uh, one of our other favourites, Abe Answer? What are you seeing from Abe? Not no form, no form coming in. No, okay. I can't see him running into form. Okay, um, top Aussie. Wow, oh, it's still got to be. I'd say it has to be Cam Smith. Okay, not J Day based on his little bit of form. Okay. Nah, still. Oh, he was good. He was good at Pebble. Oh, actually. I've written Cam Smith on the digital uh, note-taking page. Nah, so. let's let's just let's ride let's ride with a mullet. Well, you leave me with the uh, Scottish picks um, for the listeners in Scotland. All three of them. <laughs> uh, my, uh, actually, my uncle uh, sent me a message today. He he sent me you know that Scottish um, uh, poem that the guy does it ducks in. Uh, you seen everyone's seen that you know the guy that talks does the poem about golf and how there's a there's an American alternate version. It's actually oh, okay. quite funny. My uncle, uh, Ian, um, who was the last person that I would ever think of uh, listening to a golf podcast, let alone one with me in it, and then <laughs> sending me that saying, hey, Ben, listen to your podcast, um, and thanks very much, uh, Uncle Ian, for listening uh, in Scotland. But you leave me with the challenge of uh, tipping the, the top Scott. Pretty easy job this week. It's only, Bo- it's only Bobby Mack. <laughs> There's only one. Bobby Mack. Uh, so Bobby Mack's in, and... Uh, <laughs> I, I think I'm going to tip Bobby Mack for a top 10. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to put Bobby Mack up there in top 10. Okay. Down with that. So, Bobby Mack, the Oban Express, good luck to you. Uh, anything else about this tournament you want to cover off? No, nah, I'm actually looking forward to it. The course looks actually quite tough. So, um, and it's good as something new because it is a private course. So, you, you almost wonder why do they put their hand up to host this, but... No, I'm looking forward to it. I think it'll be good. Okay, quickly across to uh, the Puerto Rico Open. Yeah, thoughts on on that and who might uh, take home some Puerto Rican uh, cacao chocolate? Oh, I've actually I've actually laid some spondulas on Mr. Poulter, actually. Oh, hello, really? Gone for <laughs> you? <laughs> and actually, now this is not a rabbit hole thing, but. Regarding Ian Poulter, 
if people are not following the prank chain that has been going on for the last two months between Poulter and Henrik Stenson, they are missing out on just gold, absolute gold. They, they are, they, those two have been pranking each other since I think just before Christmas. It is, it is just special. It is special to see what these two do to each other and the way that they accept just what happens to them is quite funny. Stinson had a, had a three nil lead, uh, on, uh, on Poulter for a while, and he's clawed it back. Poulter's clawed a couple back. The, the thing that you can't help but love about what those two guys are doing is just the pole opposite in how they both present what they're doing. You know, like Stenson, obviously, you know, he's, he's the, ice man. the ice man. And if, everything that he does, even when he's pranking someone, he delivers everything like the ice man. And it's so good just to see. Short, minimal words. It's so funny <laughs> just, words. just to see him pranking Ian Poulter and doing it in an ice man type way. And then Ian, oh. you know, Ian's giggling like a little child in the background and doing all of that sort of stuff when he's doing his. And it's typical what they're doing. But you know what? The thing that I love is that they are doing it. They're, you know, getting to sort of elder statesman of the tour and they can still take the p15s out of out of themselves and out of each other and it's it's great and you talked about it with max home a little bit how he's so open and how giving and how you know much he lets you see of himself in his own way times these guys by 10 let's get 10 more of them doing that sort of stuff and and you know we talk about tiger and and you know praying for him and but praying that he stays involved in in whatever way shape or form that he can bounce back from and we need that but if 10 more people let people in behind the scenes like these guys do and do things like these guys do in their own way, how good would that be? Well, that's the thing. This is what this, how do you grow the game? You actually grow up by having golfers that have some personality, allow them to have personality. It's not about having hot mics and stuff during tournaments. I, I, I like it more so with it's when they're over a shot and talking about it. I want to get a bit more of that. I think that makes more sense. I don't need the in-between stuff. I want them talking about shots and stuff like that. But then outside of that, you know, the, the golfers that I follow on either Twitter or Instagram, more Instagram, are the ones that actually are funny and they, they reveal stuff about themselves. Like, I'll, like I've talked about before, I love Ian Poulter. I think he's hilarious because some of the stuff he does with his family is just classic. Some of the stuff he does with his caddy and all his trips and stuff like that is fantastic. Henrik Stenson is, you know, he seems like the Iceman, but he's actually, he's actually a really funny dude. He's just like the the person you wouldn't expect. You know, Max Homer, all these guys, like, you know, golf's meant to be fun. Yes, you're playing for sheep stations and stuff like that on tour, but, you know, bring people on the journey. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now, two shout-outs, uh, if I can, just uh, while it comes to mind. Yeah, you talk. We talk about Pultz, uh, Poulter. Uh, I just want to say a quick hello to Pultz up there in uh, the eastern suburbs. Another listener who every time I see his name pop up, Pultz, uh, Dave Poulton. G'day, Dave. How are you? He's the man behind uh, Golf Trivia, and let's hope that we can get that back up and running. But uh, there is someone in this field at the Puerto Rico, which I just want to make a mention of uh, an Aussie in the field, and uh, it's Mark Hensby, and it's a name we haven't seen for a while. If he hasn't ticked up on your radar. You know, Mark Hensby won the John Deere Classic. He won in uh, Europe. And, you know, he's my vintage. So, you know, he's a, 
approaching uh, seniors tall uh, age, but you know, grew up in Tamworth in New South Wales and played a lot of junior golf in and around the Hunter Valley. So those of us that grew up playing you know, junior golf at a reasonable level in that area, very well known, um, or Mark is very well known to us, but uh, he was a great friend of uh, all of us golfers, young golfers at Cessnock. So Hens still t- stays in contact with us and you know a couple of other young fellas that we played golf with you know he's always up for a chat funny 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 young man um you know you can go and read about Hensby and, and what he's done and what he's achieved and um but good to see him back uh playing in a big tournament and uh well good luck to you there you go that's all I've got to say about uh shout outs for this podcast episode rocket the one other thing that um I'm gonna try and get to watch is the uh game Gaines Bridge I think it is Gaines Bridge Gainbridge LPGA tournament in Lake Nona. So down in Florida, it will be the very first tournament of the now professional Cappy Ruffles. Can only see, no, I don't want to put the moz or pressure on, on Gabriella, wonderful young lady and the privilege of hosting a, a podcast with her recently with uh, Jamie, who is one of her team. Um, but in that podcast, we talk about when I first met her when she was 14 before she even thought about golf. What a wonderful young young lady, and I can only see that uh, she's going to do great things as a as a professional golfer. You know, she's already proven that she can run at the upper upper end of the fields in her amateur uh, days as, as playing in some of those guys with alongside some of those guys. So it's very very exciting time for women's golf in Australia. Uh, and Gabriella Ruffles, Gabby, how are you? Uh, just talking about women's golf in Australia, the Athena event that was on. Last weekend, Rocket, I don't know if you uh, caught any of that. So the WLPGA in Australia put this event on where they showcased about 20 of Australia's young professional uh, talent up there at Coolangatta Tweed Heads uh, Country Club. And they had it was over two days. Oh, the old uh, Vaughan Summers hunting ground. The old Vaughan Summers, the old Gabriel uh, Gabriel Gabriel Hertzstedt hunting ground and potentially uh, Jamie Glazier's new hunting ground as well. <laughs> but they had a... Like a combine on day one, where the, the girls had to go through the skills challenge, and uh, and then day two was like a sort of uh, sixes shootout, you know, three hole event, but televised on Fox Sports. You know, great work for Fox Sports for dedicating uh, the resources to putting that on. Ports did a great job. Kari was up there commentating on the ground. Uh, Hutto and Stacey Peters uh, were down in Melbourne commentating. And it was just great to see Australia's young female talent out there getting an opportunity in front of the cameras. You know, there's obviously not not that many people, if any people, sort of... Good to see that Rupert spent some of the $30 million the taxpayers gave him. Yeah, thank you, uh, Mr Murdoch. But um, it was just great to see some young Aussie talent getting the opportunity to showcase themselves on the big screen, under a little bit of pressure, for some money, and, uh, yeah, it was great. Anyway, so just well done to those guys. It was good to see them all doing that. Hopefully they can do more of that sort of thing. And I'd love to see the, the young guys get an opportunity like that as well because, yeah, there's some funny and talented young Aussie uh, male talent, and uh, I think they'd provide interesting TV watching as well in that same type of environment. Anyway, so, Rocket, uh, are we ready for the, the, the rabbit hole? I think so. Okay. Other listeners, though. Well, we're 52 minutes in. If you've stayed this far based on um, well your, done. your desire to, to, to get to the rabbit hole, thank you. Um, Rocket, uh, we haven't got any theme tune, theme tune music, but it's time. No, we don't need it. It's time for Rocket's Rabbit Hole. <laughs> I think the theme music will make me giggling every time you introduce it. Oh, we've missed you. We've missed your real theme music. Let's hear a bit of that. <laughs> All right, let's go with it. 
it's rather fortuitous. And this one, I'm going to dedicate this one to a listener, our uh, our resident um, orthopedic surgeon, not orthopedic surgeon, orthopedic person. Um, and I, I, this one's going to be a tough one. So anyone that's got Oxtel or KO, you'll be able to find it. Might be a bit harder if you go to try and find it on YouTube and see someone's sort of ripped it down or something like that. It's called Project 11. Project 11. It is the story of Alex Smith, quarterback in the NFL, and his recovery uh, from what seemed like an innocuous broken leg, which nearly cost him his life, nearly cost him his leg. and he's been able to actually return to play again. So, you know, you think about, you know, it's almost a bit of a theme of perseverance. Um, he played for my NFL team. So he's drafted by San Francisco 49ers, played nine years there before being traded away. Um, I'm still dirty on how it ended there. Uh, and if there's – he ended up winning the um, Comeback Player of the Year award this year in the NFL, uh, and anyone just go and watch anything about Alex Smith in Project 11 is because 11 is his number. Uh, you want to see someone who has just willpower to overcome any type of adversity and also be able to put things into perspective – there's no one like Alex Smith. I I absolutely love this man. And um, be one of those things when his career is sort of near the end, it'd be, I'd love nothing more than my team to, you know, we'll call it sign him for one day so he can retire a, a 49er because oh, I think he's just, he's made of all the right stuff. So Project 11, um, uh I'm going to give a word of warning. There is some graphic stuff in there because they're showing his broken leg and the things they have to do to it, but it's, um, it's well worth the watch. Well worth the watch. Not really a big deep on dig on the rabbit hole, but I think it's something that's rather poignant at this moment. So when you introduced uh, that and you said, thanks to our resident orthopedic person, are you talking about the resident podiatrist? Yeah, that's it. Okay. I sometimes I, I don't I don't I don't know my bloody orthosomy stuff well, stuff with legs and foot and feet and stuff. So Matt Mollica tipped you into this. Is that right? Is that what you're saying? No, no. I was tipping him into this one, and I said ah. I'm going to dedicate. The, and uh, he hadn't watched it because he still hasn't watched the Miley Cyrus one from last week. So I'm disappointed in him. And I said, well, I'm going to dedicate the Project Eleven one in the rabbit hole for you tonight. Well, after we finished last week's episode, I did flick over to YouTube and did pull up that. Um, what no. did I say? Did I say orthopedic or orthodontist? No, you said orthopedic. Is that close? Well, not really. I sell golf clubs for a living rocket. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Just a simple guy. I, from I just not. protect people from bad guys. I have no idea. <laughs> just, a, I'm just a simple guy from Cessnock, mate. But uh, I think I'm just an Aussie battler from Port Arthur in Tasmania. I think it's uh, feet feet reason. But uh, Matt Mollica, good day to you. And, and I said I said we were done with the show. He's shaking but, his head right now, uh, going, "You, you fools, two, you, you two gongos." Uh, good day to you, Matt Mollica. Rocket, fifty six minutes of your best again. Good luck with your tips. Uh, if you do want any tipping advice, uh, any strategy, um, just feel I, free. I probably should. I probably should post them tonight. 
Yeah, okay. To, so, so people do actually believe so you. People get access because unless they're um, up at, yeah, I want to get a head start. And do it. If you are going to gamble, you know, this isn't a gambling podcast, absolutely, absolutely not. But uh, do it responsibly. If you've got issues, seek help and, um, but just be be careful and we fun. Do, yeah we do it in in the in the good spirit of fun and jest and uh, but we don't jest about the serious things if you do have issues with that so um you know please don't don't, don't take, if you do don't take rockers tips no uh, don't listen to me exactly it just sounds like lots of swear words that have been beeped out <laughs> well rocket it's that time where I say goodbye to you for another week and thank you for joining us again. You can say goodbye now. Oh, sorry. I started to rock the tips down. <laughs> goodbye, everyone. <laughs>